When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. From NBI Studio, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Roth. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Truth and Justice. This is your Friday follow-up for Season 12, Episode 4, The Interview. Zach and I are back from our assignments, and Janet is is joining us all the way from beautiful Hollywood. How are you guys doing? Great. Welcome back, guys. I'm, I'm here. I'm sunburnt, but I'm okay. <laughs> Zach's leaving shards of skin all over the studio floor right now. This <laughs> is peeling off of his arms. Uh, in, this, in this week's episode, we had Dr. Shiloh and Dr. Scott on to give a forensic psychologist analysis of uh, Robert Pape's interview. And, and I want to reiter- reiterate again that the main purpose of doing so was not because we were looking at suspects. It's not because we were looking to see who was guilty or not guilty. But we're trying to piece together Becky's timeline and Robert, whether he did or did not go hiking with her, is an integral part of that timeline. So we got a lot of great opinions from Dr. Shiloh and Dr. Scott. Can't wait to hear what Zach and Janet have to say. Plus, all of your questions and comments right after the break. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications. And that's why yesterday I knew that you did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You've seen the film. You know the game. Now, Jumanji just got real. Only at Chessington World of Adventures. Featuring Daredevil Dad, Mom on a Mission. And the kids who can't wait to ride the world's first Jumanji roller coaster. An epic adventure awaits. World of Jumanji. Only at Chessington World of Adventures. Book this summer's must-do day out at Chessington.com. All righty. We are up and running on the YouTube Live. We've got a ton of comments going on there. Uh, And uh, Janet, take it away. All right. Well, first of all, welcome back. We took off a week from both a regular episode and a follow-up episode. You two were on assignment. So I hope that that very important work you were doing on assignment went well. Uh, Care to weigh in on that? Uh, I'd like to know in the either in the YouTube chat or even on social media later, let us know. We're, we're, we're working on, we've been talking about a new merch line. And Zach had the great idea that we should make a T-shirt that says Truth and Justice on Assignment. <laughs> Uh, with with uh, possibly some palm trees and drink it. glasses on them. So let us know if you would uh, if if you'd be in for buying a T shirt that says "On Assignment: Truth and Justice." I mean, I 
I wear it for sure. <laughs> for sure. I think it's a good idea. Absolutely. Yeah, I, the three the three the three items we're thinking about are the on assignment t shirt, uh, and then the um the outsiders, and then one that says not the captain. I like the not the captain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We thought about getting one of those for me for Crime Con and one for Zach that says not Bob. <sighs> That's great. <laughs> no, but but uh no, the, the the assignment went very well. We had a we had a, we had a great time. Um and, and I want to know what you guys thought about this breakdown analysis. Um I really I I listened back through because it, because I recorded it 2 weeks ago, so I listened back through and 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 I thought it was a, it was a it was a great discussion. Really uh Dr. Scott and Dr. Shiloh got me thinking and and the process of going through that with them helped me do a more thorough analysis of it. And I feel much more comfortable about the interview now that I've done that. So what did you guys think? I loved it. It was really nice to hear them break it down. I thought it was really interesting. They brought up some aspects that I, you know, I don't really think about. I'm not in that field. I don't think about it. You know, Dr. Scott mentioned several times about like the micro expressions, mm-hmm. which he, which he found was really interesting. You know, he, he wishes there was a camera on them, right? Which is something I didn't know anything about. I mean, did you do you actually know anything about micro expressions? Or yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I've read about them, but I, I, as I said in the interview, I couldn't possibly analyze them. I've just read that I know they're a thing. Yeah, it seems real sketchy and weird to me, but I believe it's a science, <laughs> and I believe yeah. it's there. Yeah, yeah, I like all people representing Hollywood. Um, mostly know it because there was a show called Lie to Me. That was all about like micro expressions and some fictitious expert who could tell when someone was lying based on these tiny micro expressions. But I had also heard something about that's the the doctors that Dr. Scott was talking about who do that marriage Mm -hmm. counseling and sort of do those predictions, which I do think is really interesting. Um, Yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was great. I mean, of course, I was tuned out. I didn't hear most of it, but I heard myself name dropped. So I kind of tuned in for a second. Um, That (laughs) felt great. Went ahead and tuned out again. Uh, no, I, I really liked it. I think we've got some really, really great uh, feedback from listeners. And um, some of them agree with me, which is, you know, you sort of dangle this one analysis of one interview. It's really hard not to want to know what they think of right. further interviews and stuff. You know, it's I'm intrigued. It, yeah. And we'll definitely get into more of that. Before we get into listener questions, also each individual, I'll go with you first, Zach, is after hearing Robert's interview, in hearing the doctor's analysis and my analysis, what are your thoughts? Do you think that the hike happened or did it get canceled? Uh, you know, I'm I'm on the, the fence about it still, I guess. But I would say I'm leaning to the fact that it got canceled. Um, there's a lot there that kind of indicates that it got canceled. You know, there's some there's some things they picked up on about him, about they, they really felt he was telling the truth. You know, I'm I'm not a specialist. I can't break this down. I mm-hmm. can just hear the way I hear it and the way I feel. I really appreciated that you brought it to them unbiased and didn't let them have any research and just like let them break down what they saw. But also, I kind of wonder how they would have processed it had they had a little more information. Mm -hmm. Because there was a few points that I'm like, I felt like they started to break down the story a little bit rather than his expressions in the way in the verbiage he was using. And, And I don't know how I felt about that part of it. Yeah, I I go back and forth that whenever I'm bringing an expert in, and in this case, I decided. I know, obviously, a lot about the case. Not everything about it. I'm still, you know, going through it with you guys in real time. But I'm I'm a little ahead of you, and I always worry as 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 objective as I always try to be, especially doing an analysis like this. You always worry that you let some of that 
bias sink in without even realizing it. And so I really wanted, and this one was super important to me to find out, like, what do they think about, you know, did he cancel that hike or not? And I wanted them to judge. There was a lot more we got into, but the big thing for me was I want them to look without knowing anything else. Do you see indicators that this person is lying? Period. It doesn't matter about what or anything else. Do you see indicators that he's lying? Do you see indicators? And then later, you know, the discussion, I start to feed them a little more and talk about things that were leaked out or weren't leaked out throughout the interview. But that was the main point was for the, the, the main primary goal for that is I wanted to know, did they see any indicators of deception or that he was being truthful? Yeah. And they both, yeah, they both felt like that he seemed sort of guileless, that he just sort of seemed like that was, I think, a lack of awareness was a term that Dr. Scott used was just sort of yeah. it, the, the idea of him being able to come off as being that sort of not great at the interview in terms of getting his dates wrong and sort of not understanding maybe that he was potentially in trouble or that he was going to be a suspect, um, being able to fake being bad at that and also be as part of that concealing that you're part of the crime. Um, my takeaway was that they both sort of thought like, well, whatever's going on, I don't see that in this interview. Yeah. And, and uh, this process was really good for me. So the first time, and I'm sure a lot of you were this way too. The first time I heard the interview, I really kind of had a moment. I, I touched on it a little bit when I was talking uh, with Dr. Scott and Dr. Shiloh, but I, my first, I was like, man, he knows about the wheelbarrow. He's, you know, there, there's some problems here. Like this is concerning. And then I've watched the video and then I listened again and I was still kind of starting to pull some pieces out. But in in order to prep for that discussion, I went through the transcripts line by line by line. And by because of doing that process, I came away, in my opinion, very, very confident that he wasn't lying, that he did that he did cancel the hike. And there were little things that maybe you don't catch when you hear them, but when you're reading them, like. You know, I mentioned when they said when he said, "Well, what do you think? What do you think happened um, up there?" And Robert says, "Well, we were just we were discussing. I was asking him, you know, what do you think started it?" And like that was that was a big one for me. Was okay, okay, like his immediate reaction to what happened was what started the fire, mm-hmm. and that's really, really, really difficult to fake. Hmm. That you know that I don't know that this was a crime. I don't know that someone did this. I, you know, it seems like it was an accident and I don't know how it started. Got it. Um, th- and there was a ton of little things like that throughout the interview. Yeah. The, the, the whole sort of like he, he has guilty knowledge and stuff like that. I felt really comfortable that that wasn't the case after the follow up, even before this interview aired with, with Dr. Scott and Dr. Shiloh. But they certainly backed that up 100% with the whole sort of couldn't tell what sex the victims were and stuff like that. Um, and I loved the moment where, <laughs> Where you finally revealed to them what Javi's dad did, and they were both like, "Oh, oh, there well, it is." We're, we don't have to ever. We don't ever ever have to talk about this again. Like we, it's a hundred percent clear where this came from. Like, right? They couldn't have seemed, been more sure. And that seemed very obvious to me. And of course, this is not like a free pass for Robert or anything. We have a long way to go. We haven't even looked at anyone as a suspect yet. Um, but as far as like where that information came from. You know, to, to me, it couldn't be more clear that the information that he shared about the wheelbarrow and about the bodies was all information that the police found after the fact that the killer couldn't actually know. 
Right. You know, unless they got that. So now that doesn't mean that he couldn't have still been the killer and then also got that information later. But that information he shared had to have come from someone who was investigating the scene after the fact. And I just want to say, I mean, on behalf of of the listeners and you, you I think, you know, this because you've been very careful to kind of reiterate time after time that the reason that you had them uh, analyze this wasn't because sort of from the perspective of him as a suspect. But you also know, realistically, we're all going to still be thinking about that. And I know that that's not the point, but it's a little bit more you're you're asking more of the listener than usual by sort of saying suspend the fact that. There's no way he's not a suspect and possibly is the person in prison. Right. But also, you know, listen, try to listen to this for this other reason. Those things like we're not going to be able to tease those apart. Those are going to be things that we're all sort of including Dr. Yeah. Scott and Dr. Shiloh. It's kind of impossible not to let those things enter your mind. So you sort of have to go. All right. I understand that the basic purpose of this is very early in the investigation. But of course, we're still going to be thinking in terms of is he lying? Is he not lying? Is he guilty? Is he not guilty? You know, that kind of thing. So. Um, I'm sure we'll come back to it, but I agree that it would be very strange of us to hone in on that when, again, there's just so much that we haven't found out about <laughs> even the other people who were in the fire yeah. and stuff. And it, it, it was th- this is obviously a tough one because you have we want to know for Becky's timeline if she went on this hike or not. Well, and we have Robert saying, oh, I canceled the hike. So that's, you know, it's a good source of information to try to figure out, what well, did, did he hike with her or not? But at the same time, like I said, you can't ignore the fact that if he's sitting in the police station telling them, I canceled this hike, and it, and it turns out that he didn't and he actually went, that that looks real, real, real bad for him right. as a suspect. Right. Um, and so, and I know that we can't completely pull apart and, and, and separate that, but that's just not where I want to focus now because we still, and we haven't even done a crime scene analysis yet. Sure. To to be able to come back around to that. And we will be digging deeply into all these people uh, as suspects later on as we move forward with the investigation. Great. I think they both came to the opinion over the, the course of the, the interview, too, that that Robert really avoided victim blaming. Like, he kind of stayed away from blaming Becky. He didn't really want to say anything. You know, we, we talked about her smoking marijuana. And if if he didn't want to say that and then, like, if she was depressed and he stayed, you know what I mean? Like he didn't put any blame on her through kind of the whole interview. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was super interesting. And, um, you know, part of what I kind of revealed at the end is stuff we're going to hear later. Um, but I think it was important for that part of the conversation because there's, there is this weird thing where he's, you know, he's saying, you know, we talked to her, try to be friends, but then, you know, she brings in this drama every time and there's another guy and she's trying to make me jealous. And, um, and then the stuff where he's kind of like, you know, kind of almost protecting her in that way and not talking about the smoking pot and all these these different things. Um, the, the, it was interesting to hear Dr. Scott's particularly reaction. You know, when I shared with him that, you know, what we'll hear later is that her friends, including Javi, all say that that she was obsessed with Robert. And it was definitely not the other way around. I mean, I think in, in one interview, Javi says that she actually had like a shrine to Robert in her room so that and that all those light bulbs like, oh so maybe it doesn't mean that he's telling the truth but it's like all of a sudden you put that in a little different context and it's like oh okay well that guess if that's if that's true what javi and her friends are saying then it would then it could absolutely make sense that he is you know tries to be friendly but knows that he can't get too close because she's obsessed with him right 
Well, let's be careful about using words like obsessed because I, we I mean, I feel bad because we don't we just I, I feel like we just don't know enough yet. And right. you, I know, you know, more than we do. But I feel so terrible that this girl was killed anyway. And so I just I don't I, I, I'll be interested to hear more about her. And I'm only saying mm-hmm. that because it just makes me sad. And I, I don't know what a shrine looks like. It could literally be a guy's version of that could be like, oh, she had a picture of him. And next to it was a sweater right. of his like, I don't you know. So I, I, I'm interested to, to hear more about Becky. I think you're right, Zap. They really brought up some interesting ideas about behavior and about relationship dynamics. But those can be complicated even and especially between young people because it's just kind of a confusing time to be a person growing. <laughs> like your hormones are still yeah, going absolutely. crazy when you're 17, 18, 19, 20. So um, let's yeah. get into the questions because I think there are some really uh, there are some really, really great points, as usual, in here and some great questions that I think probably Zap and I would get to on our own. But we can use the listener as a way in. Um, I want to go with Rebecca's comment first, just to kind of get your perspective on that. She says she really loves this podcast. She thinks as a listener, this episode maybe could have done with a bit more production, maybe going back to excerpts of the interview that they were analyzing for continuity. Just she was wondering if that was something that you would consider in the future or, there, you know, there was a reason for not doing it. But just kind of when you're talking about something, will we ever sort of cut to the clip of that and come back to it? Or in this case, was it more just kind of like, hopefully you listen to it. You don't have to, like, have memorized the interview yet. You can just sort of take it piece by piece. Yeah, I hope that we were able to break down what we were talking about clearly enough. But as far as that, like. Is it possible? Yeah. Was it possible for this episode? No. I, so just from a production standpoint, it's an organic, free-flowing conversation, so I can't have them prepped ahead of time. Right. So then that would have to be done post-production, and the amount of hours it would take to go through the interview and pull out each section we were talking about and plug that in and try to find logical places in the discussion to break the discussion and plug the the pieces right. in, is, is, it's, it's possible, but I mean, that would have been... A forty-hour. Also, you guys were going job. out on assignment. I mean, I just listened yeah. to the. I listened to his interview right before I listened to the episode with Scott and Charles, yeah. so it was fresh in my mind. But, but yeah. that being said, Rebecca said they were great guests, really great guests. She likes the way they think. Um, would love to hear more from them. Uh, and Debbie asks, why did you? Why did you ask the doctors to review Robert's statement only, which was kind of covered, but yeah, well, it was because so because a lot of people wanted to hear. We want to hear an analysis of Javier's statement. Uh, or, or his interview. The thing was, you know, the relevant pieces of for what we're doing now of Javier's statement was that Robert told me that he was supposed to go hiking with her and that he canceled. Well, Robert confirms, yes, I was supposed to go hiking with her and I told Javier we canceled. So there's no I don't need to know if Javier was telling the truth or lying because we know he was telling the truth about that. Um, right. You know, there could be other things in there that you know, if you were looking at like Javier as like a, a suspect. Uh, but for what we were doing now, the part that's relevant to Becky's timeline was already confirmed by Robert. So we moved to the next place, which was Robert. And then the conflict comes in, is Robert telling the truth? And that's why we had him analyze Robert's interview. Great. Well, I think, again, most of this feedback comes from everybody kind of being really interested in it and wondering, you know, for mm-hmm. example, Rebecca does want to know, uh, will they come back for more analysis? She would love to hear their opinion of Javi's interview, as you just said. Lauren says, have they gotten a chance to catch up on earlier episodes and what are their thoughts and will we hear them after maybe learning more about the case? Yeah, I did. I think I saw on Twitter that Dr. Shiloh had said that she's 
catching up now or it might have been Dr. Scott. Um, I haven't talked to him since we did the interview. Uh, they both did say that, you know, they're more than happy to help in, you know, any way they can. So very likely as we as we move along, we'll have them them come back on and help us along the way. Great. Great. Uh, it is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Kristen says when Bob was explaining that Becky's friends said she smoked a lot of pot and that Robert doesn't, and he broke up with her because of that, Scott said, I find that very interesting, but he doesn't elaborate. Do you know why he thought that was interesting? I, I can't speak for, for him. The way I took it was kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier was that, you know, he was looking at the things Robert was saying about how the relationship was going or, or went over the summer. and um. For him to, to have that added piece of information kind of changes the way you you look at that, I think. But I don't. I can't put words in Doctor Scott's mouth. But, but that's the way I took it. Right. Yeah. To me, that I, again, you probably know a little bit more, but that still felt a little bit like speculation in terms of you know we don't real. I don't. I didn't feel walking away from the interview that I could confidently say I knew that he was saying it was about other guys instead of about pot. If if you say that that comes up in other interviews, great. I'm sure we'll get to that. Oh, but, that part. Yeah. I, who who I knows? Misunderstood the, the question as far as how they they broke up saying. Oh, um, yeah. I don't think that was the question. I was just kind of expounding on it because there we did have that conversation. It's built around this idea of perhaps he didn't want to throw her under the bus by revealing that she's right, a pot right. smoker, especially if she's still alive. He doesn't want her to get in trouble. So maybe he said the thing about other guys, you know, and that sort of reason being that like that was the reason that they broke yeah Uh, i I mean i i I have for me i have no opinion about that because i feel like i just don't have enough information and like i I have no idea why because yeah why he did or didn't i think it it. was yeah i think it was claire who said that that's why they broke up Mm -hmm. but if i remember correctly even she wasn't super like she didn't say oh he broke up with her because he didn't like that she smoked i think she was like i think it was because of the smoking that he didn't like so yeah I, i don't know for certain, that's what you know. All, all we have is the reason Robert says they broke up, and when the reason Claire says they broke up, it, it's 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 definitely not clear. I don't think that we can know one way or the other. Right, right. And then uh, Kristen just kind of reiterated the question of, "Do you agree that Javi must have told Robert about the body in the wheelbarrow?" I feel like we kind of established that you do think that must have been what happened. I I don't know. Yeah, I I do believe I, I Robert didn't give me any indication that, nor did he give. Dr. Shiloh or Dr. Scott, any indication that he was lying about that. I think that we've parsed out pretty clearly that that information came from after the fact. Now, whether that came from Javi's dad or neighbors that were out there talking about, I I don't know. 
Um, but it, it to me, it seems pretty clear that the information came from things the investigators found after the fact. Um, and Robert gave me no reason to not believe that it was Javi that gave him that information. Got and it. knowing that when we're looking at it from, you know, this is not guilty knowledge, knowing what the police found that morning is not guilty knowledge, then it doesn't, you know, who else would have told Robert right. that, you right. know, since this is after the fact information, you know, so it would have been like, what the, did, did Claire tell him and not Javi? Like why there's just, there's no reason for him to lie about it. It's not guilty knowledge. He gave no indication that he was lying. So yeah, I personally, I believe that yeah, Javi did is the one that told him. Got it. There's a little bit of um, both in the the comments that have come in and a couple things in the chat, just kind of, you know, again, staying open minded about Robert and about, you know, what was going on there in that relationship when it was happening. Sarah uh, said, I would like to have heard some analysis regarding the allegation of Robert physically abusing Becky. It bothered me to hear him dismiss it as roughhousing. And there's a couple comments in the YouTube chat as well that sort of says, you know, he didn't necessarily completely st- step away from victim blaming. Um, there, maybe he was downplaying his relationship um, because he, he didn't want his girlfriend to know that something was still going on or whatever. So just, you know, some some kind of wanting to remain open minded from from folks about what that relationship, the shape of that relationship and whether or not he was being completely honest. Yeah, Because he, d- he did say some negative things about I mean, and that's you know, when I go back to the what, you know, what they, the reason they broke up. You know, he, her friend, Claire says that it was because she smoked and he didn't, he didn't like it. He says, cause she was, well, I mean, personally, I'd rather somebody think that I broke up with them. You know, if, if you're trying to protect their character, would it be rather because they smoke or because they cheated? I mean, to me, right. you know, one's not, so the, the only thing that I thought there's maybe like, these are cops. I don't want to tell the cops that she smoked. And that may be the case. Also, you may not want to bring. If you're if you're in that community and if you're like if you're any part of dealing or buying or anything like that, you may just I'm not saying that's Robert, but like in general and something like this, you may just not want to bring drugs into it because you don't want like you don't want it to go in that direction because what whether or not it has anything to do with this, you don't need to be questioned about what you have in your bag, what how much you paid for. Right. You know what I mean? So it's might be easier for everyone if it's like, uh, let's not bring pot into this. And we heard the same thing from. You know, Javi. Well, I think, I think Janelle was like, I don't know. She might be every once in a while smoke pot. I don't know. Javi doesn't say anything about her smoking pot or. And I, and a matter of fact, I think he says she doesn't. And then Claire's like, Oh, she smoked every day. You yeah. know, so like it was, it wasn't uncommon for friend for teenage friends to, in that group, to not let the police know that someone was was smoking pot. Um, now, you touched you, you touched on at the beginning of that of that question about the whole roughhousing thing um you know the, a lot of people said yeah, i don't like that he dismissed the allegations of abuse as roughhousing i don't if if it was abuse then yeah i obviously i don't like that either i just i don't i guess what i'm getting at is we don't know for all we know it was roughhousing you know, I have friends of the couples that will goof around and rough houses w- with each other. I've never really done that. I'm too big to do that. I'll smash someone. Um, but We get but, it. But, You're big, tough, and strong. Yeah. <laughs> I also uh, feel but, like Becky could kick your ass, but whatever. She probably could. Um, but yeah, so like I, I don't know if if it was actually was rough housing. So I, I'm, I'm mumbling over my words. 
we're saying he dismissed it as roughhousing. Well, if it was abuse, then yes, he's dismissing it as roughhousing. But if it actually was just roughhousing, then he's not dismissing anything. He's just telling them what it was. I, I don't know what to think about that. But are they talking about the the police officer dismissing it and not continuing asking about it? Because I feel like if even if it was roughhousing, you would want some more clarification. Oh, the officer should, I think, should have followed up more. The way I took the question was they were asking, they didn't like the way that Robert dismissed I think, it. Yeah, that's how I took it too. But that's a good point. Um, yeah, I, certainly it should be. I mean, she's dead, most likely murdered at that point. Yeah, even if it was roughhousing, I, I feel like you would want some clear. Well, what do you mean by roughhousing? What there, there's so much more that could have been added to that. That's the way I took that question, honestly. Yeah. Well, let's move on to Mary Ellen. Uh, Mary Ellen says, very interesting case so far. I think in this week's episode, you gave a shout out to Robert's mother, Kathleen, teasing her about not returning your texts for weeks. Can you expand on what type of relationship you have with Robert and his family? How long you've been in contact with him? And more, will you be will you be able to speak with the victim's family members as well? And that ties into Kim's question, which is essentially, I guess I realize you haven't said how you got involved. Um, we know in the case of many Texas cases, we're talking about the Texas Innocent Project getting involved. There, a committee perhaps helped select this case, um, but how did it come to your attention? So just a general sort of what's your relationship to the case and how did it come to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought we'd discussed this before, but it was a listener submitted case from someone who lived in the area and our research team went through all the submissions, narrowed this down as one of the, you know, along with Pablo's case, there were two others that just didn't end up panning out um, that they narrowed down for um, one that we should look into. And um, when I started re- you know, doing the, the, the next step of my initial research in the case, it seemed like a case that was ripe for reinvestigation. And so that, that's where we took it. As far as uh, the family, my relationship with Robert, I've met – I talked to Robert on the phone once so far. I has, His family has been – when you know, I reached out to them when I've flown out there, and I've interviewed all of them, and so I've met them a couple times, and you know, and there was communication. So when when we took the case, of course, we reached out to Robert Robert's family and said, you know, we're you know, because it wasn't submitted by them, mm. and you know, said we'd like to look into this case. So we did like a Zoom meeting. So I, I've met them all, um, and had some communicate some communication with them enough that I know that it's hard to get a hold of Kathleen uh, sometimes sometimes on the phone. Um, as far as the victims' families, no, I still haven't had. It. I don't. I said I've. I sent off snail mail letters a while back. I've tried email address. From what I'm finding publicly, I don't have any way of. I don't know if they're getting them and ignoring them, or if they're not getting them. Um, I don't know. But for but from people that are close to the family, it seems like they're just super not interested in anybody looking back into this again. Well, and I mean, that's the majority, right? It's very unusual to have. I mean, yes, you had some with Jennifer's case, you were able to, you know, speak to a member of the family. I felt like that was kind of unusual. And then in Sandy's case, you know, the family is the family. The family is both. Right. You know, so that felt like that was very unusual and kind of amazing access because Mm -hmm. of the specificity of that case. But, you know, this to me... Again, I have no idea if Robert is guilty, if anyone else is guilty who might be incarcerated. I don't know anything about this case. Again, never Googled it, have no, have no knowledge. The conversations that we've already heard, it does remind me of Hay and Adnan. Um, and Norwood uh-huh. and Hay's family certainly didn't want to have anything to do with that investigation for very understandable right. reasons. So 
I kind of never expect you to get access to the victim. It feels like it would be a surprise and a, and a real benefit. But it just seems so unlikely given the pain that these families go through. And it's they're not the bad guys. They are told that the right person is there. So whether or not it's the right person, of course, you you need to believe that. So I'm never surprised if, you know, your work does not end up including a ton of, of engagement with the victim. But it's a great question to ask. And, you know, I'm glad. Mary yeah. Asked and, it. and historically, when we usually when we have had some access, like I said, the Liz Melgar or Liz Rose was an exception because she's kind of in the middle. But when I've had when I when I've had contact with victims' families, I, I've usually been told the same thing. Like, I just believe they got the right guy because that's who the police told us did it. Sure. And so I've never really thought much about it. Um, yeah. So it's it's not not super common for the family members of the victims to be like, oh, hey, let's let's dig this up again and and uh, look and see if they got the wrong person in prison. It's just not doesn't happen very often. Right. Uh, moving into kind of less uh, focused on on Dr. Scott and Dr. Shiloh's great analysis. Obviously, it's been established that many of us would love to hear from them again if they have time uh, and if it works for you and your plans. But Tiffany, uh, going into Robert's interview, says the end of Robert's interview that was cut out because it was hard to hear. Can we hear that anyway to see if we could help work out what Robert was saying about the wheelbarrow? Yes, I will. Um, I'll include that at the end of this episode. Uh, so Mike is, and by the way, this is Mike's second to last episode he's editing. We have a new editor coming on, Kelly Barons Brink from the True Crime IRL podcast is taking over as our new editor. So welcome, Kelly. Kelly. Uh, Mike, Mike is editing this follow-up and Sunday's episode, and then he's officially an electrician uh, after that. So um, Mike, if you could, I will um, put in our Dropbox that the clip after they've walked away, if you could just put that after the credits on this episode. Um, so when you're listening to this after the credits, skip ahead and that should be there. It's real. I'll warn you, it's it's hard to hear much of anything, but I'll definitely put it on there for you. Great. Um, Rena, I just noticed this and it does feel timely based on what we were just talking about. Knowing cell phone service was uh, very poor in the area. Were police scanners slash radios a popular thing? The doctors mentioned details that may have gotten out that way. That was before we told them who Javi's dad was, but it is a good mm -hmm. question. Like, how common would it be up there, especially without cell service and stuff, to kind of be somebody who might have something like that to to keep tabs on what's going on in the community or whatever? I think it's anecdotal. It's hard to, it's hard to know. Okay. My dad still to this day has a police scanner sitting next to his, to his, and we don't live in a remote area. He just is nosy, I guess, listens to all the police and fire and ambulance on a scanner all day long has since I was little. I don't know. So I'm sure some people up there may have, some may not have. I don't know. Uh, Pamela says, do we have more interviews to hear? I assume Robert was questioned again. Is there one with Kristen? Was Javier brought in for a formal interview? Was Jacob? And will, be, will we be hearing those as well? Yeah. So there are lots more interviews to come. Robert is interviewed multiple times. Kristen's interviewed. Javier's interviewed multiple times. And we're, we're going to get into all of that. You know, we're you know, we're, we're, we've, we've got we've got kind of hung up for three episodes now on victimology um, and and spoiler this Sunday is going to be hopefully the final episode on victimology because I found some more information that we need to get out. Um, but, you know, that's the process. It's it's, it's not about studying. being hung up on it. I wish we had more victimology. If, if you're unless right. you're good, about to say that Sunday is going to be packed full of information about Becky's mom and stepdad, then. <laughs> 
We should have it had is. more. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's something. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So the, yeah. The, the, the Sunday's episode. There are what I found was there are audio interviews in the file that were there are no reports written on them. Oh. So as I've gone through all these police reports, I'm like they didn't talk to anybody, and then I find these audio interviews in there that that where they they just never made a report. Okay. And, and so this week's episode is going to be mostly about John and Vicky, more victimology there. Good. Oh, that's really cool. That's great news. Great, great, great yeah. news. And, and there's a lot, a lot more information there. There, you know, this this is one of those cases where there, there, there are folks out there that have, you know, the little bit of they they saw the 48 hours episode and they've seen a couple things that have been posted online and they think they have this big broad certainty about what happened. There's so much to this case. That the that that no one is is aware of, you know, they, at the trial, the judge didn't allow anything to do with any alternate suspects to be brought up at the trial, which we're going to get into all that later. Yeah, but that made it so the publicly, the easily publicly available records don't include anything except for the case against these two. So, the, so there, there's there's just there's tons and tons and tons and tons of more information. Uh, to, to come out. So, so Great. S- slow down, you know, that the process is, it's going to be a long, slow, and it always is, but in th- this case is super complicated, but it's, it's victimology. And then we need to move into a full in-depth crime scene analysis, which is what, you know, I've been itching to get to, but I just, I myself, I'm not jumping, I'm, I'm doing the investigation, the order that it needs to be done. Um, so it's, it's a thorough victimology first, then the crime scene investigation, the, the medical evidence, the autopsy, uh, any forensics at that point, we'll want to do a profile, uh, and then we'll start looking into pools of suspects and then we'll start going down different paths of investigation from there following the, the so we've got a, a long way to go. I don't remember where this, where this question started, but this is where it's ending is that, that just, we have, have, just are there more interviews? So it's, it's a, it was yeah. a broad so question we, and then you're giving a big answer and that's great. Yeah. So we, yeah, there's definitely. A lot more interviews because we need to look at, and I'm not saying like Javier is a good suspect or Robert is or Robert isn't or anything, but anybody that's close to any of these people, any of the victims needs to be looked at as a person of interest, at least to see, should they be moved? Should, should they be part of a suspect list? And then we just move on. Well, I'm glad to hear that you came across some interviews because I think John and Vicky need to be looked at more. Yes, it's just crazy uh, that they didn't do anything about them. Agreed. So I- I'm happy to hear that you you came across these interviews and we're going to hear some because that's a huge part of victimology. Even if Becky was the target, we still need to know more about these other two victims. Right. And you know the, the tricky part is, and that's what's been frustrating to me is we didn't know anything about John and Vicky. And then there's like these, you know, throughout the, the case file, there's these random audio files that are in there. And they're also in kind of a weird form. I have to convert them to a format that I can listen to each, each individual file. And then there was just like these names. And so I found them. But I'm like, I don't know. There's there's these names of interviews. I have no idea who this person is. They're nowhere in the Whoa. case file, nowhere in the trial transcript. And I start listening. I'm like, oh, that's John's boss. Wow. And yeah. So there, there's 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 a whole lot more of that coming this weekend. It's it's. It, for me, it's great. It's it's packed full of information, new information, and really gives us a, bro- a broader look at victimology coming on Sunday. Very cool. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. I wonder if, I almost feel like towards the end of this season, it might be an interesting exercise to go back and sort of revisit these couple of episodes that are really focused around Robert's interview and how much we didn't know. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of revisiting it, because that's I think that's the toughest part about you introducing it so early is that it's really difficult to, again, as I said earlier, kind of separate out suspect behavior versus um, making sure that you can verify that something did or didn't happen. So I I don't know. I think I think it's going to be really interesting to, to kind of swing back to it as a group and go, okay, remember how we were this is this is what we were trying to pull out from these little pieces of information. Now we can look at it again with this much broader umbrella of information and see if we still feel the same way or see how we feel about it. And what you just described there is the scientific method of investigation precisely. It's a gathering of information, developing of a hypothesis, and then once we get more information, back test the theories against all of that, the broader picture. So there's going to be a lot of circling back. I, tell you what, I have no I have no formulated opinion on this case right now. I don't I don't I don't. I, I couldn't tell you who I think did it. I couldn't tell you who I think didn't do it. I really don't know. I'm I'm going through this the same pace that you guys are. Great. Uh, Kristen says this come up before uh, phone records. Is that something that are going to be posted? You know, how are we doing with documentation that people want to dig into that kind of thing? Yeah, the, uh, w- there's going to be at least a full episode, if not multiple episodes, on the phone records. I have, but I mean, th- this all has to be like parsed out i have you know i i have full phone records for becky for becky's home phone for robert for christian for javier for jacob santiago we haven't talked about at all her boyfriend she broke up with two days before this you know we have all those phone records that you know and they don't say robert called becky you know it's 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 called this phone number spoke for this long it went to you know so I'm charting all those out and highlighting and try to get to, to come up with a list of who was calling who when throughout this process. Because there's, you know, there's a lot of information out there that is that uh, that's like been posted online about phone records. Like they, they say, like they, the prosecution has said, like in the in the grand jury that, you know, Robert lied in his this police interview we just heard says Robert lied in his police interview because he said that he hadn't talked to Becky in so long and it was. Which, you know, when you break down the phone records, you know, you know, he said, you know, I talked to her, what, Saturday? I hadn't talked to her for a while before that. Well, it was actually Thursday, two days before that, she had called him, and then he called her back, and they, okay. they, they talked. But, like, but in, the, in the prosecution's case, like, is this huge deal that he lied to detectives and said he'd never talked to her before this day or whatever it says, and it was – it's there's just a lot of details to come out. Well, that could very much be a sign, as we know, again, from Anand's case, that you start pulling at anything you possibly can if you don't have much. And it can also be everything. It can mean everything. It can be super significant 
or it can be a manipulation of a fact that is meaningless because you're grasping at straws trying to put it together. I mean, it could be anything. So, right. yeah, let's all stay really open minded about that. Um, Valeria has a couple of real specific questions. That's kind of all I have, uh, unless we do uh, a last look through YouTube to see if there's stuff that hasn't been covered. But uh, Valeria says, do we have any indication whether Becky had made arrangements to go sleep at Javi or Claire's after work that night? She seemed to do that pretty regularly. And if she was working a late shift, but um, maybe that would be something that would happen. Uh, but because neither of them mentioned it in the interviews, uh, that's a good question. I hadn't thought about that. This The idea of, you know, having friends that you stay over with a fair amount and whether or not that could have mm-hmm. made a difference. I guess it probably would have come up in one of their interviews. But yeah, I, I haven't heard anything. And it's, and it's not a question the police have asked and anything that I've seen or, or heard so far. Um, it's the impression I got was that there was never really a planned thing from hearing Claire talk about it uh, and Javi talk about it. Sounds like she would be getting off work. I can tell you just from the little from her phone records. She tends to text and talk to Javi a lot throughout the night while she's working. I don't know when Javi sleeps, but it it kind of sounds like a lot of, okay, well, I'm off work and can I come crash at your house or just show up at Claire's house? It doesn't sound like it was ever like a, a big plan where she was going the next morning. Sounds like she just kind of had an open invitation to both of those places. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um. And then there, uh, I know we're going to do crime scene analysis, but um, she also said, is it visible like her 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 socks to her shoes anything indicating a hike or not a hike we've touched on that but i'm assuming we'll probably talk more in detail about the crime scene and and the evidence that you could be seen, be gleaned from those various things yeah yeah we'll get we're going to obviously that'll be part of the the crime scene analysis will be all of those details where we can really try to piece together what physically happened at the house that night which you know some of it is going to be someone's going to be tough you know the arsons are hard because, you know, you have, for example, the, the, the two bodies inside, Vicky and John, they're burnt beyond all recognition to the point where their limbs are gone. They can't tell what sex they are. And the entire house has fallen on top of them, right? And so they're in a pile of rubble. It's impossible to know. We don't have a crime scene inside that we can piece it. So to jump back to season two, right? El- Elnor Griffin's case. We can look at the elements of that case and be like, ah. You can see here where, you know, that it looks like she was choked in this area. She looks like she broke free. You can see where she grabbed right. the curtain on the door and you can see how that broke down. In this case, we have no, there's no possible way for us to know what happened in that house because all of that evidence is crumbled down on top of everything else. Right. But we've got a lot of going, a lot going on on the outside of the house to help us paint a little bit clearer picture. Well, it's certainly really, really exciting to know that. We're going to have a little bit more information about those poor folks who are inside the house. That's really, really heartening. Um, whether or not it leads to something concrete, as Zap said, it's just really important to get as much out there as you can about what was going on and and who those folks were. So I'm glad to hear that that's what we're going to be looking forward to next week. I'm really excited. All right. So I think that's it. And it looks like we've pretty much covered everything that's going on in the chat, too. So thank you all. For tuning in, um, remember Wednesdays sometime around twelve o'clock uh, noon Eastern time, depending on when we get done with the Patreon pre-episode. Uh, you can always join us on the YouTube chat. But if you're not in the Truth and Justice podcast fans page, make sure that you get in there because uh, that's where a lot of the questions that Janet's reading get pulled from is from a post that we do there every week. 
Uh, and with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. A um, couple, a couple little housekeeping things we have. Um, so as I mentioned, Kelly Barron's Brink from True Crime IRL will be our new editor starting next week. She's also handling a bunch of our social media, and uh, she helped point out to me the fact that we don't have a Truth and Justice Instagram account. Um, we only have my personal account, so she has created one. So I think there's two followers there right now, but. Um, so for more official, instead of me, you know, out playing with my dogs posts, more official stuff about the show, uh, just go to at truth justice pod on Instagram and you can, uh, join over there. Uh, hopefully I'll be seeing a lot of you guys tomorrow at, uh, in Grand Rapids for our live show with the captain and Kelly. And I think for now that is it. Make sure you tune in on Sunday for more information on victimology. We're really going to dig much deeper into John and Vicky. And I think that is it. Zach and Janet, thank you guys so much. And uh, we shook the cobwebs off. You know, maybe we'll do better next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you're back. I'm glad you had fun. I'm glad you're back. NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Edited by Mike Bussing and all music for the show is created and composed by PutThemInASong.com Our follow-up logo was created by me and all of our fonts across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, TruthAndJusticePod.com where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. And a big thank you to our transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Kay Woodyomnick, Ginger Fiola, Erica Cantor, Danielle Rohr, Jennifer Ford, Courtney Wimberly, and Melissa Cardenas. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in several ways. To financially support the show, the best thing you can do is just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. You'll not only be supporting the show, but you'll get something in return. On Patreon, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we have reward levels. For just $5 a month, you get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes and behind-the-scenes bonus video content every week. Then other reward levels include t-shirts, hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. Just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. You can also do us a huge favor by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the brands that sponsor this program. If you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is to engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page on Facebook. And for all you tweeters out there, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. Follow our personal accounts on social media. I can be found in all forms at Bob Ruff Truth. Janet can be found at Janet Varney. And Zach is at Z to the Q. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, or tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. As for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. I'm Zach Weaver. And I'm Janet Varney. And this has been Truth and Justice.
Sorry, man. I appreciate you coming down. Sometimes we do in these cases is we, uh, you know, we just, you know, we have to ask everybody a bunch of questions that may not have anything to do with the scene in case something does end up coming up or whatever. You know, this could be, you know, an accident, could be whatever, but we have to treat it obviously as though it's not until we find out it is, you know. So that's why we ask everybody these questions and see what's going on. We prefer, obviously it's going to be hard, you guys are pretty young and young people unfortunately love to talk to each other and speculate and do all that kind of stuff. Thanks. And when people speculate, what ends up happening is the speculation becomes rumor of fact, you know, the whole real world thing you brought up, stuff like that. You know, it's just so the best thing to do is just if people ask you, you know, what we talk to you about or whatever, don't try and derive anything from the questions I ask you because I guarantee you, you know, there's nothing in there. Because right now we're just asking a general battery of questions that we ask everybody in every instance like this, you know? So don't try and make anything of it and let's just see what happens and you'll, I'm sure, find out before anybody else with being close to people who are close to you. You know what? I haven't been to the thing. But that's the first I've heard of it was you said. I mean, that would seem kind of bizarre to me. See, that's the problem with things like that is people say stuff and then it may just be a rumor. It could have been someone at the scene who couldn't see but was just guessing or whatever. And it turns into fact and yeah, that doesn't sound good. You know, so. Some people don't speculate. No. If you weren't there, you don't know. All right. It's nice to meet you, Robert. Nice to meet you. Take care. Michael's concluding that interview. It is 5.57 p.m. on 918. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.